Well, good morning, everybody. If you're out there, wow, this is bright. Good to see you here today. And um, if you were here last week, Pastor Allen said that I'd be speaking here today. So uh, you knew you knew what you were getting yourselves in for here today. So you still came. Uh, thanks for being here today. And uh, yeah, God bless you. <laughs> well, let's wait till the message is over, I guess. Maybe we'll see, him, see how it goes. But Anyway, if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know me, my name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors on staff, a pastor of discipleship, and I was just going to say quickly, so I'm involved with uh, small groups ministry, involved with the worship ministry, I'm involved with planning the, uh, all the production for the Sunday morning gatherings, and I'm also involved uh, with the men's ministry, so that's my way of kind of segueing into saying uh, the men's retreat's coming up on July 6th to 8th, it's a great weekend, we're going out camping in the White Shell, and Guys, if you've said you've, uh, you're going to join us this year, make sure you fill out your registration form. There's some at the info kiosk, or you can always go online, crosschurch.life, and fill it out there. And uh, make sure you get your fees in, because I don't think we want to get out there and have to rely on each other to catch fish or pick berries to feed ourselves. Uh, we got Dennis and Dave and some great guys that do some awesome cooking. If you were there last year, they do a, uh, just a splendid job, so... Uh, get your registration, get your money, and we're going to have a great, great time. Okay, enough on that. And as you know, Pastor Allen is away at a conference today, so it's you and me here today. And Pastor Allen told me to warn you that when he gets back, there's going to be a test for this morning's message. So I'm warning you now, okay? Um, but I guess I have to say, if any of you are involved with their small groups, you know that Pastor Allen often gets me to say that if I'm ever too bossy, what can you do? You can always send a message, hashtag bossy Chris, right? He'll get it, and then he'll get me back in line. So, so there you go. All right, well, seriously, it's a privilege to continue the message today, the series on family wisdom, as we take a look through some of the Proverbs. And again, as we've heard, a proverb basically means a brief popular saying or a short piece of advice. So last week, Pastor Allen spoke on parenting and parents. So this week, I'm speaking on grandparenting and grandparents and it's based on some wisdom again we find in the proverbs all right now when when we think of grandparenting what is a particular image or a scenario that comes to mind for you all right so just think of what when you think of grandparenting what's something that maybe kind of summarizes in your mind what it is all right well for some people i don't know too many but uh, there may be some that this particular image might summarize what grandparenting means, okay? <laughs> Getting it right the second time around. All right, okay, that's terrible. I would never consider doing that right, Charlene. You ask her? No, no, okay. Anyway, so hopefully that's not necessarily your thought of what grandparenting means. But this next image, I think this one pretty much will summarize, I think for the majority of people, when you think of your grandparents or going to grandma and grandpa's house, this is the image that comes to mind. Right? You sugar them up and then you send them home, right? That's, uh, that's the basis of grandparenting right there. Well, you know, grandparentings play obviously a very important role in, that surpasses the spoiling of the grandkids. And, you know, in a world of much less uh, family dysfunction and in a very ideal family situation, the grandparents are very involved in their grandkids' life, uh, support their grandkids in raising the young ones and being a blessing and having a purpose being used by God 
uh, to influence the family for Christ. So, now, if you're really fortunate as a child, your grandparents live nearby, uh, they're good role models for you, and they gladly play an active role in the lives of the grandkids. And in this scenario, the grandchildren uh, and the grandparents are really able to spend quality time together. And even the parents ideally have someone to talk to about some different parenting issues, possibly. And in the case where the grandparents are nearby, it's a real blessing to have people you know and you can trust to watch the grandkids from time to time. Charlene and I certainly have benefited from this greatly, from her mom, who's here. I don't know if she's in the service right now, but thank you very much for your willingness to watch the kids. Almost at a drop of a hat, she'll be there to watch them. Auntie Rhonda as well. My mom tries her best, and uh, so it's just a privilege to have them nearby to be willing to do this. You know, grandkids can really have a, a, there's a great variety of benefits, I guess you could say, for, for the grandparents and the grandkids. Unconditional love, a mentor who can help them with their problems, a great companion, someone to talk to who has lots of experience and lots of wisdom, you know, someone who will stand beside them and support them. Uh, grandparents can give a kids a window into the past, into their lives, into their parents' lives, and it's really an opportunity to be a, a great adventure to think about what life was like in the past. Grandparents often exude kindness and humor and lots of patience. You know, relationships with the grandparents can lead to some great family traditions as well. And, you know, the list can go on and on. But uh, just quickly, even scientific studies show the benefits of kids having grandparents in their lives and the benefits for the grandparents and even the parents as well. So spending quality time with kids while they're young improves mental health, according to a 2014 study from Journal of American Geriatric Society. It linked having more bonding moments with grandkids when they're small to lower risk of depression among grandparents. And as for the kids, grandparents have a great calming effect on them, especially when they're not doing well, says Susan Newman, social psychologist. Uh, watching grandkids on a weekly basis may boost grandparents' brain function, a study published in 2014 in the Journal of Marriage and the Family, they analyzed the data they found and the highest cognitive scores were among older women who spent one day weekly babysitting their grandkids. And emotional closeness between adult grandchildren and their grandparents also protects against depression for both, says a study from the Boston University. And here is a great stat to take note of for those without grandkids, okay? It says in this same study... Uh, that they, there was good news for non-grandparents. It says older adults who give emotional support to younger people in their lives uh, survived several years longer than those who didn't reach out. So, uh, you know, as a parent, as a grandparent, someone uh, with life experience, your job is never over then, is it? When you think of the word grandparent, it's referring still to a parent, but a grandparent, a, gra a parent with lots of experience. And once you have kids, you are a parent forever, even once you're retired. And I think we'd all agree that to some people, the, the, the concept of retirement means that, you know, you finally get to quit your job, but you also are free of any other life uh, responsibilities. You just kind of quit everything and move on, but that's certainly not a biblical idea. You know, it's really kind of a selfish view when you think of it, and it's really kind of degrading the value of your own life. Grandparents have so much to offer. God has given you a great responsibility as a parent, but now he's calling you to help continue the work 
and care and love for your family. My mom also is a great example of this. She cares for all her kids equally, uh, all the grandkids, all her nephews and nieces, uh, other people that she's kind of adopted as a family. She knows everybody's birthday. She calls them all the time. She still sends cards, puts a little gift in there for everybody, prays for them continually, invites them to church, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful example of someone that's continuing on to love and care and reach out. So the responsibility for your family and for parenting uh, with God is in doing his will. In particular, we're talking about caring for others, sharing God's love with them. And this carries on through life. And again, that's whether you have grandkids or not. And so God isn't finished with any of us yet. In Philippians 1.6, we read, And I am sure that God who began a good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until the task within you is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ returns. And if you ever read commentaries, one by Matthew Henry, he wrote of this verse. He says, The work of grace is but begun in this life. It is not finished here. He says, As long as we are in this imperfect state, there is something more to be done. And this is really what I want to talk to you today about. So we are looking at some of the wisdom regarding families that is found in the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs was written by the wisest and richest man that ever lived. It's just kind of too bad that King Solomon didn't take and follow more of his own advice. But uh, here's what one of the things King Solomon wrote. He says, grandchildren are the crowning glory of the aged. Parents are the pride of their children. So, as I mentioned before, in a world with less family dysfunction or in an ideal kind of family situation, a situation that God really desires for us, this is what it would look like. We would see the children and the parents and the grandparents and uh, maybe even the great-grandparents, if they're around, they all love each other. Uh, they are respectful of one another. Uh, they are all involved in each other's lives. So we see the crowning glory here. So this is referring to uh, a Jewish family. You know, of course, it could refer to pretty much any culture around the world, I would think. But picture a father and a mother encircled with a large family of children around them. And this was called the crown of glory for them. But on top of that... Uh, for them to live to see their children's children, a large number of grandchildren, was even a, a greater glory. And the key, especially when the children and the grandchildren, they were all living life that were taught, they were taught as children by the parents and the grandparents. So the grandparents see a life of faith has continued on in the family. And not just in tradition, but as serious followers of God. Living a life obeying God, loving Him, serving him, and living out God's will for their lives. The last sentence there says, the pride of their children. You know, it's such a blessing and a joy for a family who has a great family history. The pride of the children are their parents and their grandparents who are wise and lived a life with a strong faith in God. This is an honor to the children. It's an honor and a blessing to have descended from such godly people. And, of course, on the contrary, if the parents or the grandparents are foolish, troublemakers, uh, they were an embarrassment to the family. The children don't want to be associated with them, maybe even ashamed of them. 
So children, if you're here this morning, and you know what, this applies to all us adult children as well, don't take your inheritance of the good reputation of your parents or grandparents for granted. We live in a very youth-centric society, don't we? That the focus is very much on the kids and their achievements, what they're learning. And sometimes, maybe too often, we forget to take time to remember, to reflect, to get advice from or listen to and really appreciate the older generation. So kids of all ages counted as an honor and a privilege to be part of such a great heritage and be mindful and ask God to help you live a life that would be an honoring and a, the honoring and godly uh, example that your parents and grandparents set. Wouldn't it be great if we all had such an opportunity to be from a family of a great reputation, a godly family with a rich heritage in faith in God? You know, and let me just say before I go any further that if this is not your family history, what, what can happen? God can actually use you to begin that tradition of a family of honor and respect. So even if you don't have that, you can be the one that starts it and leave that for generations to come. And maybe it's not even with your own kids. Think about that. Let's remember Marilyn Wedlake, for example. She never married, but she, I would think we all agree, leaves a great, great legacy of love, of care, of discipleship, with many of us here in this church, many people across this city, and even people across this country were benefiting from the ministry of almost 60 years that Marilyn spent serving God. Okay, and another thing is, you know, part of the problem with our families these days as well is the fact that sometimes grandparents, in some cases, have kind of backed away from their duties as grandparents. You know, as I mentioned before, they've said, I'm retired and it's not my business anymore. And this certainly is not the way to continue a great family heritage and to be the pride of their children. And the children and the grandchildren, many times, they are not looked upon as a crowning glory by the grandparents because of the children's lack of respect for them. Parents need to always teach children to respect their elders and not just because they are older, but again, if we had much less dysfunction, young people would honor and respect those who are older because they would be taught. The older generation has lots of wisdom and knowledge to pass along to them. And never mind the love and the support the grandparents and the older generation can give. All right. Has anybody seen this movie, The Intern? Anybody out there? It's a movie about uh, Anne Hathaway, starring Anne Hathaway, Robert De Niro. And Robert De Niro stars as a 70-year-old widower named Ben Whitaker. Uh, he's recently retired. And he applies to be part of what, what was called the Senior Citizen Intern Program. And he does this after his retirement becomes really, really uh, too boring for him. He needs to do something. So he applies to this program, and he gets accepted as an intern in, a, of all places, a very fast-paced, e-commerce-based fashion business. So the founder here, Jules Austin, is very, very skeptical at first. Uh, but eventually, Ben wins her and most of the staff over. But as the movie goes on, Ben starts out being kind of alienated and uh, maybe, you know, he's, he's kind but not really thought much of. He's kind of kicked to the side in the midst of all these young know-it-alls. 
but he becomes an invaluable source to Jules and to her family and a number of the staff members. And what's the reason? It's because of his life experience, his understanding, his continuing desire to be productive and be relentless to make a difference in the world. Now, let's get back to the Bible, and I want to share with you a few stories, uh, one of a grandfather and one of a grandmother, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. First of all, I want to take a look at the life of one of the most famous patriarchs of the Bible, Jacob. And Jacob, he is the son of Isaac and Rebekah, the grandson of Abraham and Sarah, and the younger twin brother of Esau. And Jacob is also the father of another famous Bible character, Joseph. Uh, who has various visions, and he becomes despised by his brothers, and they sell him into slavery. But God raises Joseph up to be one of the top leaders of Egypt during a great famine, and he ends up saving his father and his brothers and many, many other people. God uses him amazingly. Well, getting back to Jacob. Now, Jacob, at the urging of his mother, has run away from his family and his home because his life is at risk. And if you remember the story found in Genesis chapter 27, his brother Esau wants to kill him because he has stolen his blessing or his birthright. So Jacob, his life is at risk. He is scared and he ventures off and he's very lonely. And his first night away, he finally finds a place to fall asleep. And what happens there is God appears to him in a dream. And in Jacob's dream is a stairway that reaches from the earth all the way up to heaven. And he sees the angels of God going up and down this staircase. And then we read this. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and to your descendants. Notice that God identifies himself as the God of your grandfather, Abraham. We see a, a God identifying here clearly the heritage that Jacob has in his family. So again, it's important that grandchildren learn the faith of their grandparents, that the faith, the lifestyle of living and obeying Christ is passed on to the next generations. The grandparents need to model for the grandchildren what it means to be a serious Christ follower. And how is this done? by living out the habits of Jesus, which again, Pastor Allen has laid out for us in the seven habits. And grandparents must be a beacon of light to their grandchildren as well. And so some of you may say, well, what's a beacon exactly? Well, I like this definition. It says a beacon is an intentionally conspicuous device designed to attract attention. So it's something that's very, very obvious. Like a light or another extremely visible object serving as a signal or a warning or a guide. And another thing about beacons, they don't really move, do they? Imagine a large, large White House, and it's floating and it's directing ships away from large rocks, maybe some rocks that are just under the surface of the water. But picture that lighthouse was just floating there, and it starts drifting away from the place it's supposed to be, and eventually it actually starts steering ships away from a good route directly into the path of the danger area. Well, grandparents, you need to set an example of holding your ground, being steadfast in your faith, and be a great example of godliness and how to live for Christ. 
Ken Shayak, I think he's here this morning. He was sharing with me last Sunday. I think I got the story right that one of his sons was wrote, writing something on, uh, on social media, and his son wrote that his grandparents were an excellent example to him of marriage and commitment over so many years. He wrote that they were living proof that true love can happen and people can stay together and make marriage work. Now, that's a great beacon of light. Standing firm for many years, shining brightly not only for their love for one another, but for their desire to obey God and keep their marriage covenant. So grandparents, this is what you must be for your grandkids. Or seniors without grandkids, this is what you must be. An example of Christ to those around you. Be a beacon, steadfastly planted, grounded, and be shining God's light to people around you. When we, we look at this verse and we see God saying, He is the God of Jacob's grandfather, Abraham. You know what? I'm, I'm sure that Jacob knew that. I'm confident that Jacob knows he is the grandson of a great man of faith. And Jacob's grandpa, Abraham, is his example. And as we read on about the life of Jacob in the Bible, we see he continues to live his life for God and continues on the legacy of a faithful life. So God is telling and reminding Jacob in this dream of his heritage. God is reminding Jacob not to stray from the faith and that if he continues on to live for God, God is promising him many descendants, which is, as we discussed earlier, a crown of glory. And of course, here we see God is telling Jacob that the promised land will be for him and his family, which would become the land of Israel. So can I ask you to really listen to the message in this verse this morning? Listen to what God is saying. Listen to what God is saying in your heart right now. If you're a grandparent, you need to continuously pray for those in your family especially those not serving God, and you need to make every effort to declare to your grandchildren that you're a Christian and you want them to follow the Lord. Be vocal about this. Again, I know my mom certainly is. She is always reaching out to those in my family, especially those not serving God. She loves them so much, and they have great respect for her. So she certainly doesn't shy away from it. And secondly, if you're a grandchild and you've veered away from the Christian faith of your grandparents, you should really consider and revisit what your heritage is. You need to take this seriously. Don't just write it off as something that old people did and it doesn't apply to you anymore. Consider what the meaning of your life is and what happens after life is over. I was just at a funeral this past Wednesday and Pastor Housen was actually the one there speaking, and he shared a verse from 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, that says, At just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. You know, I think for all of us, when we go to a funeral, uh, it really becomes a time of reflection. We realize, once again, we're all going to die, and we think of what are we doing with our life and with the relationships that we have. Maybe for some, if you're not a Christian, you think, is there a God? Is there life after death? You know, I, I just can't encourage us enough, and I've, again, mindful of it myself this past week, we can't leave those moments, I believe, when God is really challenging us just for funerals. This is the most important question in our entire existence. You know, C.S. Lewis said this, 
a part of a famous quote he has, he says, Christian, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. But if it is true, it's of infinite importance. And I think none of us want to chance that if Christianity is true and it's of ultimate importance, just want to go around not really considering that. So grandkids, if your grandparents are still alive and they are serving God, uh, talk to them. Ask them how they became Christians and why they decided to follow God. Take seriously the decision to return to the faith of your family heritage and enjoy the blessings of God. Now, let's turn to the New Testament, and we're going to take a look at the life of Timothy. God calls Timothy into the ministry, and he becomes the famous Apostle Paul. Timothy is basically Paul's apprentice. He's a young guy. He's eager and passionate to preach the gospel. Uh, Timothy wants to spread the good news and plant churches even throughout countries across Asia Minor. But as we read through Paul's letters to Timothy, we learn a bit more about Timothy's life, and we gather that he was uh, certainly still young and probably a little timid, uh, maybe struggling with some courage in his life. And it's possible as we read Paul's letters to him that he might even be a bit embarrassed by Paul and all the terrible difficulties that Paul faces when he's sharing the gospel so boldly. And it would make sense that in Paul's address that maybe Timothy is even wrestling with peer pressure from others. And maybe Timothy, in all his passion and all his youthful eagerness, he may still struggle a little bit with doubt about his own Christian faith from time to time. So Paul writes many, many great encouraging words and wise words to Timothy in these letters. Uh, but let's go to 1 Timothy 5 verses 1 and 2. And read what Paul writes here. He says, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Just as we discussed earlier this morning, Paul writes here clearly about the respect younger people should have for the elders. Young people need to look at those with life experience with high regard, with admiration, desiring to build relationships with them, and to learn from them and gain wisdom from them. And young people would be very wise and would benefit greatly by gaining access into the life of their grandparents or those that are older than them. This is a great untapped treasure that young people can gain from those who are more mature. And in reverse, seniors need to be more proactive in building relationships with younger people as well. Teaching them and sharing with them, loving them and helping them. The mutual benefits are really so, so valuable. But Paul goes on to write to, uh, about Timothy's family heritage in another letter. And we read now in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, uh, Paul writes this. I remember the genuine, your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. So here's another great example from God's word, from the Bible, for all grandparents. Grandma Lois and Mom Eunice, their names are written in the Bible, the word of God, because through their lives, and especially their example and influence on young Timothy's life, what happens? The great Apostle Paul took notice 
and he recognized that this grandma and this mom were giants in the faith. They took serious the responsibility to pass on their faith, to love and care for their family members. And what happens? Young Timothy is now carrying on the Christian heritage. And I am sure that neither Lois nor mom Eunice had any idea that one day their little Timothy would be an apprentice to the great apostle Paul. So God wants you, and I'm sure me and really all of us, to be active in sharing and passing on your solid faith to your children and to your grandchildren. Proverbs 13.22 says, Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. And what is the best inheritance any grandparent could leave their grandchildren? It's a legacy and a heritage of faithfully believing in and serving God wholeheartedly. That is the best thing that you can leave. Sure, if we are wise with our finances and we can leave that to help the next generation, that, that of course is helpful. But much, much better than any material inheritance is that children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, they see and they learn and they observe or they hear stories about their family, about the love, the grace, and the mercy, and the great work and passion that their family heritage has in God. Uh, when we have such a rich Christian heritage, uh, kids want to continue the legacy, living it out for their own children to see. And from generation to generation, this amazing crown of glory is worn and passed down. Uh, my sister Pam, who lives in Calgary, told me a story about my grandparents and my great-grandpa. I think I either wasn't around yet or I was still too young, but she was saying that they often would go out to our uh, my dad's uh, family farm out close to Bozier, Manitoba, and they would go out there on Friday night and spend the night. And on Saturday morning, they'd wake up to a big farm country breakfast. And after that was over, my grandparents and my great-grandpa would break out the Bible. And after reading for a while, uh, they would all get down on their knees right there in the kitchen with all the kids, whoever was there. And she says it was a very real time of deep intercession that she still remembers to this day. And I can, you know, even though I wasn't there, I can just envision that happening. So grandparents, I can't encourage you enough. Let God speak to your hearts this morning. Maybe you would even have the courage to come up for prayer after this uh, gathering is over. Pray that God would give you courage and renewed desire to pray for and share your faith with your grandkids. Wise children want to learn from you and see God alive in you. Grandchildren are the crowning glory of the aged. Parents are the pride of their children. To all grandparents, your work is not finished. You are still involved and have responsibilities in the parenting of your grandkids. And the most important role you can take on as grandparents is to teach them to obey God. Teach them to surrender to Him. Teach them to love Him and desire to do His will above everything else. Teach them to love others and care for them sharing God's love through their actions and through their words. We saw that Abraham surrendered to God, and God blessed him for his obedience. And not only him and his family, but his descendants for generations. Grandma Lois surrendered her life to God. She yielded her will and put God's will first. And so her daughter Eunice carried on the faith in their house. And then grandson Timothy became one of the great messengers of the gospel that we read of even today. So God wants to use you. 
As long as he has you here on this earth, he wants to use you. Be willing to yield to him each and every day. You know, whether you're 8 years old or you're 80 years old, 9 or 90 years old, it doesn't matter, does it? He's still working on you. Remember that old song? He still wants to use you. He still has a purpose for you. So grandma, grandpa, seniors, those planning for retirement or even young people, it's never too early or never too late to think about what your legacy will be. The best inheritance and legacy is your faith, how you lived it, uh, not only how you demonstrated it, but importantly, how you influenced them for a life following Jesus, how you taught and how you talked to your kids and your grandkids and how you prayed for them earnestly for God to draw them close. So I urge you, reach out to your grandkids. Reach out to your kids in your life. Even if you don't have grandchildren, reach out to those kids that are around you in whatever capacity and leave a legacy. And again, if you don't have a Christian heritage in your family, why don't you be the first one that starts it? Let God use you to influence your family and for others for generations to come. Let's pray. Lord, we are just so thankful for your word. And as we read these verses and these stories this morning, I pray, God, as we serve you or desire to do your will, God, help us to remember to put in, uh, in line with your will the importance of leaving a legacy to our kids, to our grandkids. And help us as we read these stories to see the amazing effect that we can have for generations to come, even though we may not even ever meet these people. God, that we can leave this heritage of faith in you and impact people for Christ even without ever meeting them. And God, if we don't come from a heritage of, of a Christian family, God, help us to desire to be the one that starts that today. Uh, give encouragement to parents, to grandparents, to great-grandparents to think of and remember their grandkids, to pray for them, to desire to change their hearts for you, God, to reach out to them, to teach them, to show them a great example. So I pray for each one of us today, God, that this will ring true in our hearts. Again, that we won't leave here just thinking this is another uh, good message from the Scripture, but God, help us to leave here desiring to put uh, our faith in action this morning. God, help us to live out a life of faith that you've called us to and make a difference, to leave a legacy and impact people for generations to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.